Welcome back to Resilient Entrepreneurs, the podcast where we explore the powerful stories of business people from all walks of life and from all around the world in the hopes that something you hear will leave you a little richer in your business. And today we welcome with open arms, Shanali Rajaratnam. Shanali believes the world has reached a dangerous precipice and that we must globally take a different approach to humanity's problems by lending an ear to the feminine perspective. That's not to say that the men get shut out, and we'll be talking more about that, but she has created a space for sharing and amplifying the worldviews of inspiring and powerful female leaders. We're going to hear about the Power of Women Digital Conference of 2023. It's a free online conference in just a few days' time, September 8th to 10th, and we will leave Shanali to tell us all about some of the incredible speakers lined up for that. And at the heart of the conference lies this guiding principle, the unique approach of edutainment, which will stir inspiration and ignite change across the globe. Shanali is an extraordinary leader, social entrepreneur, and is the visionary founder of the Power of Women conference, and also the co-founder of We Are The Hope. It's a charity and she has continuously pushed boundaries. So let's dive right in. We can't wait to hear more. Welcome, Shit Ali. Thank you so much. So honored to be with both of you, Vicky and Laura. Uh, yes, let's dive in. Please ask me anything you want to. <laughs> well, we have so many questions because this is such an exciting topic and one that is close to our heart, the power of women, of course. We'd like to start with a bit of background. So tell us a little bit about you and have you always been an entrepreneur? Where did you start out here? Well, let's see. I have never had a job where I worked for somebody else. My first, I would say, gig was I was interning for my brother. He had an entertainment company. So I ended up getting experience in the media, entertainment, music, media and entertainment. So that was my first first internship. And, And right after that, I wanted to... I guess, save the world because I saw there were a lot of people printing for fundraising material. So I wanted to start something online where we eliminated printing and then we would have catalogs online. So I think that I was 17 or 18 when I started a conscious marketplace online uh, called Shop Now to Fund. And that was my first, I would say, entrepreneurial journey start towards it. Cool. I love it. And tell us, what is edutainment? For those who have never heard that term before, how would you define edutainment? Edutainment is when you take music, media, and entertainment and make it more wholesome and educating uh, educating the listener. So the World Bank started doing research about five years ago. Uh, it is to cater to over 6 billion smart device users uh, to really broaden the current perspective, make it more educational, content that you can consume and actually come out learning something, content that's insightful, uh, that can really be useful when you're in the real world. And so this is how I suppose people are becoming educated now. We are learning through entertainment it's a new way of learning yeah I think so Vicky if you really think about social media we're constantly consuming uh, content whether we like it or not music media entertainment all these uh, components are what's really reiterating our current reality constantly uh, enforcing what is uh, what are the societal norms currently they're constantly 
showing how the world is, what roles are played by who. So that's what edutainment is. Edutainment is a form of how can we broaden the current narrative? Um, and that's why Power of Women is about, it's it's not a new movement either. It's the women's movement that has been happening for, cent- I mean, decades. And it's about how can we really take a different approach? Because if you look at Einstein, one of his favorite quotes is, uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. If you were to find new solutions, we have to have a new way of uh, approaching these problems. So that's what it is. Um, That's how we are approaching uh, with edutainment, a cultural movement using music, media, entertainment to really broaden the narrative by amplifying the voices of the women, uh, the female perspective. Um, So that's, that's what we are doing with even the digital conference. It's an event that's meant to amplify the voices of women, a form of edutainment. Yeah. Exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, it does definitely sound exciting. And why is the women's perspective important in this uh, new perspective? Let's see. Let's look at the word history. Because when you look at the (laughs) word history, what does it say? History. And about five, like about maybe 100 years ago, women were not really allowed to go to school. They were not writing books or doing paintings, poetry for the most part, or they were not holding uh, positions in the political uh, sphere as much. So we only we are only exposed to a one sided story, his story. Uh, So it's time that we really amplify the voices of women so we can hear her story and understand our story, because there are multiple perspectives right now. It's very heavily a, a, a masculine perspective. Uh, so it's a matter of us really amplifying the voices of women, really bringing the experiences, the wisdom of women, uh, because the female, if, and also females tend to have the more feminine energy, although we have both masculine and feminine energies between uh, within us. It's about bringing that feminine perspective uh, into leadership, into dealing with the world, with people, relationships, um, even with business. Right now, when you look at corporations, it's very, it's very rigid. It's it's so strict. There's no compassion, love. Um, there's no caring. It's it's like everybody's like robots. How can we bring that that loving, compassionate component into even business? I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day who is working. In these companies, uh, who are running these companies, we are not robots. So that's what it is. It's bringing that feminine perspective of a mother, a sister, a daughter. That's what it is. I'd love to address any naysayers, even at this early point, because there's so much structure in the corporate world, as you described. And too often when we have this conversation, you know, I'll hear, well, we need that structure. Otherwise, it will all be chaos, right? And women, all this touchy-feely, let's just get into that and let's just call it what it is. (laughs) So I think you should actually go back to the people, right? Like when you really ask the people who are working, especially in the US, when you talk to people who is in corporate America, these people are tired. 
That's where they're trying to, most companies are trying to bring in HR and change the whole human resource into more like people, like based on people trying to bring culture into companies. What is all of that? What is culture even when they're bringing culture and they want to see how can we get them to interact more, communicate more? It's not about women per se being chatty or talking. It's more about how can we bring the humanity out of of people? So we are not robots. I keep going back to not robots because people are so, at this point, they're so used to going to work nine to five, working, tired. They're so drained. If you talk to people my in my generation, a lot of us are so drained, uh, so burned out, and they're trying to understand what's going on, what is the purpose of life, and um, why am I even doing what we are doing, you know? And some people even question, are we going to work until we are 60 years old, only to be having, what, 10 years of uh, retired time to go enjoy the world? And then at that point, you're so old, you can't run around, you can't go hiking like you used to when you were 20 years old or 30 years old. We're really spending so much time at work. It's important that we have, again, self-care is more considered more feminine uh, aspect of things. But is it really feminine? It's something that it belongs to everyone. Even talking about how you feel when you're tired, stressed out, you don't have to hold it in just because you're a man. You can talk about it. You should be able to talk about it, express. Um, These are not, I would say... um, exclusive to any any uh, uh, sex, whether you're a male or a female. Uh, it's a human component of feeling whether when you're frustrated, whether you want to cry. I mean, not that you should be crying at work, <laughs> but I'm saying it's okay to embrace these components of who you are when you're coming in. And I want to add one more thing, though. I know this is a long answer, but uh, if you were to take a, a perspective of mothers into uh, when there's a war, if there's a conflict in a, a between two countries, if you take a perspective of two women, would they really choose to go to war? I know they structure and all of that to deal with things. They wouldn't. They know the value of giving life to this world. So they would think of discussing first. Hey, let's talk about it. In that case, is it really bad to talk about things? It's not shitty chatty at that point. It's about, hey, what's going on? Can we really express how we, what's happening? And I think that's what it is. It's just bringing that perspective and really valuing the perspective women give. And that's really important. I agree. And I think it's that nurturing energy that women are so innate in us to have whether we are mothers or not, it's sort of that caring, like you said, great communication that makes all the differences. And as leaders, that is so key to have, to have a really happy workforce. And I think younger generations, they don't want what their parents had, which was just get in the nine five, have a safe job, make the money, you know, then go home and do your hobbies. And that lifestyle has changed so much. And we need to change as a whole society into what our expectations are. And people just don't want the grind, the daily grind for someone else. Um, And then at the end of the day, like you said, they're 60, 65, they're tired, everything hurts. (laughs) They maybe have money to travel, maybe not. And And then what's the next stage of their life? I feel as entrepreneurs, we are nurturing because we are bringing something into the world naturally as well. We're birthing our idea or something different to bring about change in some way. And as an entrepreneur, personally, I don't see a retirement age. Like that is not even like 
something I think about. Like I hope to do what I love for as long as I can while bringing in the lifestyle that I want right now, like being able to travel, being able to do the things I want to do. And I don't see work as work. I see work as enjoyable. I get to have a podcast and talk to cool people like you. That feels incredible and amazing. And this is work, you know? So I think there's a different perspective on it and more women as leaders being celebrated, acknowledged, given voice to, I think will only help make that better for society as a whole. Absolutely. I love what you shared. Absolutely. I think you eloquently put what I was sharing, you know, that nurturing component. And and these qualities are not, again, once exclusive to just women either. We just have to bring these qualities out of us. And women are really good at creating a safe space. So people don't really feel threatened. You know, when women are at leadership positions, you feel less threatened because they bring that nurturing components uh, when they're really operating from a feminine leadership position. So I think that's very crucial uh, to really bring that out. And also, and as entrepreneurs, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a social entrepreneur. For me, I'm always looking at the world and I want to see how can I make things better and not just for the sake of making it better. How can it be good for the environment, good for the society, good for myself, whatever product I create or whatever business I create, it's always about how can I make things better, not just for myself, not just for the sake of making money. How can it be sustainable? Something that's going to last even when I'm not here and going to do something good for society. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's very important too. You know, we don't want to sit and doing a nine to five working for somebody else's dream. We want to we want to build our own dream. And that's that's what makes an entrepreneur so special. They take that risk. They take that risk when the entire world is traveling a certain direction. They're like, no, I'm going to take that lonely road. Yes, it might be scary. Yes, it might get lonely, but I'm going to take it. And again, I mean, resilient entrepreneurs, that's where the word resilience comes. You know, that's having that resilience no matter what. Can I keep going forward? Because I have a vision, I have a passion, and I'm going to take action towards it. So, yeah. And that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Like, it's really hard to travel that lonely road. When people are telling you, especially people that love you the most, they're going to say, don't, you know, keep the safe. You need to get a safe job. You need to, how are you going to do it? That's a crazy idea. It's never going to work because they, they want to protect you. They don't want you to get hurt. They don't want you to struggle. It's very normal to hear that. So how do you keep going? Like, how do you stay resilient? You personally, and then generally, what do you think? I'll tell you two things. I'm very fortunate because I have a good foundation. I have a good group of people around me from my mom, dad, my brother, my best friend who are my biggest supporters. So from early on, I realized having that circle, that grounding circle, that's your that's your tribe is so important because the world is already harsh. People are going to say, you can't do it. Oh, you're going to fail at it. I have been, I mean, I never listened to these things, by the way. One of my things is, I guess I'm very stubborn when it comes to, when it comes to taking this path. Uh, when somebody says you can, I'm like, you wait and watch. I'm going to do it. Now it give, gave me more, feel to go make it happen and and that's just my personality I just don't like to hear no or impossible the word impossible says I'm possible there's nothing impossible the truth is if you have a heart if you put your heart and your mind into it and you really take action at least you will get close to that 
that destination you're headed towards. And and in my yearbook, my quote was, shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you will land among the stars. So that's that's just my way of uh, seeing the world. And uh, to answer to your second question, how do you keep going? That's exactly what it is. It's just, and you should do it for yourself. I think one of the biggest things I realized in this journey is if you're doing something because you want to prove a point to someone else or because your parents are expecting something from you or people are expecting something from you, it's very hard to keep going. But if it's something that's inspiring you from within you have a reason you have a purpose that's born out of like you I mean who is gonna stop you until you stop nobody else can stop you you're gonna keep going and going because you have that vision you know what you want to accomplish nobody else can tell you hey it needs to be that way this way no you got a vision so you're going for it I think I think that's the most important thing just creating a space where you can really be inspired from within and having a solid, solid uh, foundational group of people around you, that's not going di- to um, uh, discourage you. That's constantly going to be a support system. That's very important. And uh, yeah, and in general, I would say in, in taking this uh, road, especially an entrepreneurial uh, journey, you have to have thick skin. You can't, because a lot of people are going to say no to you. A lot of people are going to first of all, say, oh, that's impossible. Uh, Everybody has so many opinions, but do you trust yourself? Do you believe in yourself? Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in yourself. That's that's certain. That's for sure. Um, If you don't have confidence in yourself, I can guarantee you nobody else is going to have the same confidence in you. It, it starts from within. And also understanding the kind of person you are, understanding what you like, what you don't like, what you want. I think those are very crucial uh, components of taking this journey. And always knowing you will never know everything. And you, if you wait till you have enough experience to do something or until you have had the 10-year experience, I mean, you're just going to keep waiting. It's never going to come. I mean, doing this conference, I had to jump, I mean, dive in. I've never put a conference before, but I knew it needed to happen. And I had people ask me, "Have you? do you have experience putting it together? I was like, nope, but I got the right people around me who have. I built a circle of uh, great individuals that came together who have 20 years of experience, 30 years of experience that really saw my vision. I brought them together and and now we are doing it. I mean, now we're 10 days away. So it's really important not to just wait around till the perfect time comes around or until you have the right experience. Cause I mean, it's just, it, it's taking, it's wasting time. I wouldn't call it wasting time because sometimes it's necessary, but you just have to go for it. I think that's such good advice for entrepreneurs. Like, don't wait until you have the experience. Just find the people around you who do and get their help, get their input, get them involved. Because otherwise you said, if you just, as the entrepreneur, you just need to be the visionary. You just need to be the one with the idea that can pull all the components together. And then the thing will just grow. But yeah, get the experts around you. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes, which I got to find out who it's from, is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> Because, yeah, I want to get around me people better than me so that I grow. Otherwise, you're not going to grow. You know, you're just going to be the tallest tree in the room. And then what? You 
it's not gonna, you're never going to grow. You're just going to stay stuck there. So I love that. So let's talk a little bit about this conference. Tell us a little bit about the speakers, like who, who were people going to come and listen to and, and why should, uh, why should people want to sign up for it? Cause I think everybody should. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much, Laura. We have some incredible speakers and they're so diverse and the power of women, you might think, oh, is it only for women? No, actually we have, it's for both women and men. We have incredible speakers. I mean, we just uh, uh, just got together a group of Olympians to do a panel. Uh, so their advice is absolutely incredible. I mean, just to see what it takes to be. Because, you know, something I learned is gold medal mindsets. Um, I will talk about the other speakers as well. But one of the beautiful things they will be talking about is the gold medalist mindset. That means this applies to any entrepreneur and resilience. That is, uh, no matter what, even if you take a hit, how strong are you to get back up, turn around and show up again? Because you're going to hear no's, you're going to fail, but don't let that failure stop you. So those are those are the kind of topics we are talking about. And uh, uh, some of the overarching topics are about peace and well-being. Even as an entrepreneur, I think, because it it's relevant, we have to think, why are we doing what we are doing at the end of the day? What am I looking to accomplish? We're looking to accomplish peace of mind. I mean, and well-being, whether well-being in your economical well-being, social well-being, emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual, environmental. These are the seven well-being areas we are focusing on. This is what we are looking for, to have uh, well-being for ourselves, our loved ones, and where we live. And, and peace of mind at the end of the day. We need that. And uh, and those are the topics we are discussing and how and amplifying the voices of women, and especially the fact that it's running in parallel to the G20 summit. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the G20. It's when the 20 most powerful nations come together, the leaders of those nations come together to discuss the economical structure of the world. They come together annually. And uh, and uh Again, I, I'm, I'm very much interested in global leadership. And when I went in and I checked the leaders who are coming together, there were only two women out of the 20 leaders. There were 18 men and two women. And I thought that there was a huge imbalancement. And yes, like I said earlier, the quote about Einstein, if we were to really solve this economical turmoil that's happening and the climate crisis, we need new perspectives or we rather need to broaden the perspectives instead of having the same type of perspective present uh, to bring up solutions. So that's why I think just having two women, usually they're usually very quiet uh, in comparison to the, all the other 18 when they're talking. So we need to amplify. So what we decided to do was bring different speakers from different areas. Uh, we have spiritual leaders from the Brahma Kumaris. We have even uh, figures who are running for the pres uh, presidential candidates like Marianne Williamson. She's also an author. Uh, we have the former French uh, Minister of Gender uh, who works with the European Union. Uh, we have HRH Princess Basma who did the fourth way law that got signed by the European uh, Union as well as the US Congress. Uh, we have Grammy winning uh, composers. Uh, we also have C20 leadership that's participating. So we are in collaboration with C20. So it's an official uh, event of G20's C20 running parallel to it. Um, so we have so many filmmakers, entrepreneurs, uh, 
we also have one of the keynote speakers uh, is uh, Dr. Deepa. She's a senior advisor to the World Bank. We have uh, Jonathan uh, Granoff, who is, a, who is the president of the Security Institute of the United States. Um, we have a lot of different speakers from all areas of life. I mean, I we just confirmed uh, the Prince of Gravalia, India. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's he's a young entrepreneur. He's in his twenties, uh, doing incredible things for the environment, uh, environmentally friendly businesses, to uh, creating edutainment in his own ways, putting events and whatnot. So, really having a lot of different perspectives brought together to really show how are they contributing to the world's problems or how are they bringing solutions so we can we can broaden this narrative of how we see the world and really bring it bring it to uh attention these are also available and we need to recognize and respect these perspectives because if we were to incorporate them we can really bring out the best and we can really work together to really find solutions that works for everyone wow that is such an impressive lineup it's really like it's almost overwhelming and i can imagine if i'm here to um attend the conference then I'd be choosing between which speakers to see at certain times. Are they all work, um, speaking like at the same time and you're choosing your session? Is that how that works? Because it sounds like you have a lot of people lined up. We have, you know, we started out of nothing and then here we are to get to the point of even having an, a formal collaboration with C20, the official engagement group. So they are all actually going to be uh, in a 48 hour format. So it's all going to be one after the other. And we are catering it to all the time zones. Uh, so the G20 is happening in this year. So we have spread it out in a way where anytime you tune in, you will get to hear uh, somebody's incredible contribution story or a panel. And uh, we're also catering towards the information economy we live in. I mean, I feel like I'm a zillennial. I'm too young to uh, be a millennial, too old to be a, a Gen Z, stuck in between. Um, so we're really catering towards the information economy where fast, fast-paced content creating 10 minute content pieces where you come in and you give your you share your story or your biggest contribution so it's very fast and we can circulate because it's edutainment so we can circulate it even in social media afterwards so people can learn something immediately mm-hmm. with that 10 minutes or 15 minute segment you're going to learn something that you could take back reflect recognize these contributions and really work towards a resolution so So powerful and such a powerful way to deliver content because it's so accessible. 10-minute chunks, like who can't take in a few 10-minute chunks? It's one of those, you know, no-brainers. You'd feel like you were missing out if you didn't at least tune into some of it. And then people can join the conference uh, through your website, powerofwomen.info. Is that right? That's correct. If you go to powerofwomen.info slash d-pow, uh, you can actually go and register or you can just go to the website, like you said, powerofwomen.info, and then you will find the uh, pop-up that will direct you to register where you can get the link and you can tune in. Fascinating. And how long has it taken you to pull this together? When did you uh, initiate this concept? Power of Women Digital Conference was initiated, I think, I would say April. 
April of this year. Wow. That's pretty fast <laughs> to pull together. People don't yeah. know how much goes behind the scenes to put together a conference of that magnitude. It's a lot of people who came together who really saw the vision. And it's so incredible to think it was the men who really stepped forward and was like, this is needed. We need more women in leadership positions and we need to amplify these female voices. And And the beautiful thing is it's not just about women taking over. It's about bringing balance. It's about how can we have men be a part of the leadership as much as women are and then really work together to bring that balance. So I felt if it was just about women, I would feel like, oh yeah, we would have to only find women to work with. But it was, it was, it's a collaborative effort. Everybody's coming. It's intergenerational. You have 80-year-olds working on this as much as 16-year-olds. And it's it's a global effort too. So there's a lot of support because there's a need for it. And we are we are also addressing some of the most crucial topics like the environment, uh, the economic structure, what's happening. Uh, so, and, and also peace. Like right now, when we look at the world, if you're being really honest with ourselves, there's a lot of chaos going on. There's a lot of misunderstanding because there's not enough respect and recognition of what we contribute as individuals to each other. Because whether we like it or not, like the butterfly effect, we are all constantly contributing to each other's lives and each other's well-being. So it's really important to recognize that. And this is a space that we have created to have that dialogue. And we have polling incorporated into it so whatever you're listening to you're hearing you can actually go and give your opinion your your what you're thinking through the polling and we're actually taking it into consideration because we are edutainment we are taking this content and creating more content out of it even afterwards and also incorporating uh these polling answers to be a part of a documentary so we are all a part of this it's it's a global conversation we are having I was just going to ask what's next, like what comes <laughs> comes after, because you can't build something so big and not have have the next stage. So I like that. Yeah, what we're doing is, uh, Laura, we're really, this is just one of the steps. Uh, this conference is only one of many. It's the first one. So we plan to have this every year. At the same time, constantly creating content. Edutainment means music, media. Media means films, documentaries, series, podcasts, like the two of you are doing, which is edutainment, where people who are listening to can take something out of it and really apply it to their life, you know gaming, um, books, whatever that form of entertainment. So we create content, events and experiences people can be a part of that broadens their narrative, that broadens their perspective. So we are actually going to be producing a documentary with some of the select speakers from the conference and really take this, build it out, con con continuously creating content. And then next year, March, we are doing a film, a digital short film festival and uh, um, that's going to be a part of, uh, that's what's leading from here. It's going to be leading to that. And again, we will be doing another conference at G20. It takes a lot of time, by the way, to do all of this. Yes. <laughs> a lot of I can, we're constantly building. I can imagine. I can imagine it is a lot of building. It's construction, right? And construction takes time, a lot of effort, and a lot of people. So totally um totally hear you on that but that's amazing and these things need to be built these opportunities need to be built because change is really hard like real change is really hard it's like always pushing that boulder up a hill because people don't like to change 
even if they say they're open-minded and they have broad perspectives, generally people don't change and we inherently have biases and, you know, things from childhood that stay with us and make it very difficult for people to be as open-minded as they even want to be, right? So how do you create change? How do you make real change, real impact? And it's by this sort of thing. It's edutainment, I think, is one of the most perfect ways to make change because people are consuming content without even realizing they're just getting that little bit of information over and over. And that drip, that constant drip of positive change-making information, I think is the thing that's going to really move the world. I don't think just somebody coming in and saying, this is what everybody needs to do. Everybody go and do it. It's not going to do it, right? It doesn't do it. If it's proven over and over again, it doesn't do it. So how do we actually make real impactful change it's through doing i think things like this and more and, and constant and and i love that your idea is to take such a big conference and then break it down into smaller sizes so people can take it on get it here and there get it through the social media and there what we say in marketing is you need so many touch points before people even trust you so mm-hmm you know, you have a big one, like a conference, and then you give it to them in social media, and then you give it to them in a documentary, and then you give it to them through other means, podcasting, talking, you know, all these things. So all of a sudden, people will slowly pick it all up. And that I think is the impact that you create through all those touch points. So great job. I mean, it's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, changing the world one mind at a time, Shanali. I think it's through storytelling and you both are doing such an incredible job with it as well. I mean, you're bringing people onto your podcast. It's through storytelling. We learn. We're we're so good at learning from hearing and we don't even realize, like you said so perfectly, we are constantly being bombarded with content. Are we even aware of what we are consuming? Um, It's, it's, it's making it, if you're not aware, at least can we take the responsibility to make wholesome content? And and you said people don't like changing. I want to address that. I don't think we can ever change the world or anybody. But what we can do is change ourselves and inspire another person to change for themselves. Because I think that's so important to remember. And I had to learn it early on. You can never change someone. If I take accountability for myself, I think that's the first step. And if every single person takes accountability for just themselves, don't try to go change another person, your mother, father, your friends, the society, the world, just take accountability for yourself. I think that's if everybody did it, that's collectively changing the world. That's literally how you change the world by just taking accountability for yourself and showing up. Yeah, you've got it spot on. And, you know, as a mom, I hear a lot of talk about like, oh, why would you let your children on social media? They're, you know, they're going to be influenced by this and by that. And I think the point a lot of people miss about social media and the sort of the digital world in general is that you personally are responsible for your own algorithm. And Mm -hmm. that's the point most people don't understand. It's that what you engage with is what you see more of right? So what you like, what you comment on. So this is an important just for people to understand. It's like when you want to make change, when you want to change yourself, when something is important to you, you're going to go out and seek that thing. My Instagram, for instance, is full of like inspiration 
professional people, tons of quotes. I mean, I, I hardly ever see somebody's like dinner or anything, you know, rude or, you know, because I don't engage with that. I'm very conscious about what I engage with because I want to see more of it. So lots of entrepreneurs, lots of inspirational people, lots of the big thinkers in the world. Like, and so if people remember, like, if you want to change yourself, if you want change in the world, like just think about what you're consuming what you're connecting with and you're gonna if you're conscious of it you're gonna get more of what you want so just that awareness of what are you doing who are you connecting with who are you sending messages to who are you and all of a sudden you can really change the world that you you have and the world that you want and when we're entrepreneurs we're building right so we can build a better world just one at a time one piece at a time I love that. And I think you said it so well. I mean, it's being conscious and being self-aware as we have to be self-aware and that take, it comes from within. Again, becoming self-aware is something that comes from within. It's not something that happens externally. And if you want something, you cannot keep doing the same thing. And the digital space works on a feedback loop. The more you in, in, uh, engage with certain type of content, it's a feedback loop. Now it just consumes you. If you look at your life to its exact same algorithm outside of the digital space, if you keep engaging in watching TV for the most part and eating junk food and, I mean, surrounding yourself with people that are gossiping or talking about things that is not really stimulating or making you any better, um, that's what's going to keep being in your life. You're constantly going to keep like encountering those situations, uh, encountering those similar viewpoints, people. You Once you become aware and you decide for yourself you want better, you will do better. You will find ways to make change things for yourself. And you will start having different types of conversations with people. You will start, like you said, focusing on content that actually enhances your life, not make you make you feel jealous of a formal you know fear of missing out which is one of the biggest things people feel on social media or like you feel like oh that person is better if you think about it a lot of people are putting things that are the highlight of their life they're not putting all the other uh, struggles especially as an entrepreneur we have to we know it yes when people talk to you about your wins they only see the beautiful thing that you have accomplished amazing but only we know there are there are thousands sleepless nights behind that that success but that success what I realize is in in my life is you know what makes you successful is that journey because when you get to that point what are you talking about you're talking about your journey how you got there you're not talking about oh I got here that is the success and that's so important to remember too that journey is your success and then also becoming so self-aware that you're not letting things happen to you, but you're aware of what's happening and you're not reacting, you're responding. Shanali, you you impart such wisdom and you clearly live this wisdom every day. It's very natural and within you. You're a fountain of like ever-flowing confidence and, and resilience. I would say. And I'm curious, how did you get to this place? Were there moments of hardship that helped you to learn this? Or were you already born into a very aware family that that raised you with this perspective? Uh, I would say I was four years old when I was questioning who created God. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I wanted to find out who created God. Uh, and I was very fortunate. I had very open-minded parents. My dad taught me how to meditate at the age of four. And then he told me nothing is impossible. You can do anything. And then uh, growing up, um, I had my brother, who is my absolute, absolute biggest inspiration and mentor and everything. Uh, he was one of those brothers that really showed me everything I know in a way in terms of uh, reading certain books, types of books, because I was not into fictional books at some point. I was reading about self, a self-development. How can I make myself better? So every time I saw him, and he's such a good human being, so I always felt like he was my inspiration. And I they all gave me, even my, my best friend, they all gave me the space to be myself. And I've since I was a kid, I felt like I was a very curious kid who had to know the point of existence. Why am I even here? So I, you poke, right? Like I poked and poked. I want to know why am I here? What's the purpose? I feel very uh, like out of place here on earth. And then um, just really, really, and I'm very picky with the people I associate with as well in terms of who I surround myself with. It's very important. I don't like to gossip. I don't like to talk about people. I like to talk about very meaningful, in-depth, con having depth conversations, especially with my best friends, my parents, my brother, all my friends around me. So that has helped me really be myself without restrictions and allowed me to take this path. And if there are naysayers, I, I don't listen to them. I just see them as noise or like those little crickets I, I feel like crickets are going off and they're saying something like oh you can't do it that's impossible because I'm like not listening it goes <laughs> blank in my <laughs> that's beautiful I love it and as we're talking about this level of engagement in life you know one of my favorite quotes is that you we don't see the world the way it is we see the world the way we are and I think, you know, that, that really sums up a lot of what you and Laura have been saying about um, what we look for and that algorithmic loop that we're in, whether it be on social media, digitally, or in IRL, in real life. <laughs> yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it's going to be exciting. I think even with the Power of Women Digital Conference, that's exactly what we are here to do. Let's become aware. What are we even thinking? What are we watching? What are we accepting as the common narrative? Let's kind of reflect because we have the three R's that we talk about. It's reflect, recognize and respect and resolutions uh, because we are so tired of hearing, oh my God, the problems, what's wrong with the world, blaming people. Can we take a different approach? And then also this narrative of women are jealous of each other. Women are competitive. Don't trust women. I have the best women in my life. So I am a living truth. And I think we need to amplify these, these stories more so we can normalize them. I mean, look at the two of you, like Vicky and Laura, like you two are two incredible women in living in two different parts of the world right now and still doing this, being able to tell stories, really bring people together. It's so important to show this because we see this narrative of, women are pitting against each other but that's not true yeah maybe that's true if you believe it and the, and you reflect that to another person but you have to take the accountability to be like okay 
I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world, like Gandhi said, Mahatma Gandhi said, and go to the world the way you want to experience. And that's why reflection and self-awareness comes, uh, reflecting how you react to or respond to someone. How are you? How What kind of a friend are you to another person before you expect that person to be a certain friend to you? Are you giving the space for somebody else to be themselves? before you're expecting another person to give you that space and be non-judgmental. Are you judgmental? Like you have to ask and be reflective and also recognize other people for the value they add, recognize what, what they're bringing to the table, how hard these people work and respecting because respect is so crucial, respecting each other. And, um, and then last is resolution. If something is wrong, yeah, let's, 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 acknowledge yes things are not perfect we are not living in a perfect world nothing is perfect nobody is perfect what can i do to make things better what can we do to make things better so that's what we need to ask ourselves and be solution driven take what can we do together let's take collective action like how can we make things better not talk about how bad things are or blaming people because that's not going to get us anywhere yeah, and one of your focuses has been collaboration, and you've mentioned it a few times in different ways throughout this conversation. Just tell us briefly what you believe the power of collaboration is. Okay, so let's look at the logo. The logo of Power of Women is a bee, a queen bee, and when we look at the bees, they're the longest-lasting uh, colony animal in the animal kingdom. And it's uh, if you look at the bees, they work together. Can you go and mess with the beehive? Not really, because they will the entire beehive will come and sting you. So it's a matter of like working together. It's not micromanaging, it's just everybody taking accountability, but collaborating towards a common shared mission. In this case, a shared mission for humanity. Right now, when you look at the climate, it's I mean, I'm from LA and I just heard there was a hurricane and an earthquake. I was I was in Turkey and Greece and London before I came to Colombo right now. It was so hot. I cannot tell you how hot it was. It 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 was just out of this world. It's so hot and it's still hot in Colombo. There are there are obvious changes that's happening in the world. Um whether we like it or not, we are all sharing this earth and we need a shared shared mission and a vision to work towards cuz we are at that point and collaboration is the only way. We cannot do this by ourselves. We have to come together. We have to be very realistic about what I said earlier. What are we all looking for? Peace and well-being. And when we are talking about well-being, I mean, we all need food to eat. We all need water to drink, clean water to drink. And we all need air to breathe. Whether we like, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, a child, old, young, an animal, we all need these components to survive and have a healthy life on this planet and live a good, have a good experience. So that's why collaboration is important because it's no longer about, yes, you can see it as, yeah, you're doing it for yourself, but as a collective, we have to collaborate to do this for each other, for our own selves. So collaboration is key because it opens up so many different opportunities for us to really find solutions together really come together and that's why the three r's again being respectful for with each other that's so important when we are collaborating respecting and being solution driven how can we make things better instead of trying to impose each other's ideas on each other how can we really respect each other and understand we all have the same basic needs at the end of the day 
I think you've nailed it there. And I think what we are waking up to is the fact that in the world, basic needs are threatened mm -hmm. everywhere now. It's not just a third world country where you don't think about it's so far away. It's now right on all of our doorsteps. And like you said, by traveling, by watching the news, if you're if you're not actually there, you can really see the impact is happening all over, all over the world. And we have to make a change. And the only way to do it is collaboration over competition. The days of competition are done. <laughs> Women are, we don't need to compete with each other. We need to inspire and encourage and support and you know, be the champion cheerlead on whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I don't think it matters. I think it's just the mindset um, and surrounding yourself with the right people. Cause I think what you said, and, and you did repeat that. And I think that's the message of this podcast is really about surrounding yourself with a tribe of people who are moving, moving forward, doing big things, having big thoughts, not the gossiping, you know, leave that. It's, we don't need that, you know, tuning out the negativity, turning up the solution-based mindsets that we have. And as entrepreneurs, that's our job. Our job is to go find the thing, fill the need, do, the, it, it can just be the smallest thing. If you're, if you have a product, if you do skincare, you know, can you have recyclable packaging? Can you use, you know, solutions that are water-based? Can you make sure there's no animal, there's little things you can do no matter what industry you're in that can change the world. And that's where we all need to, to be heading towards because if we all just do the little piece of the pie that we're working on making that just that one percent better in how long will it take to make it a hundred percent better not much if a hundred people are doing one percent better that's a hundred percent right when you add all the little increments up it makes a big impact and that's what we're here to do and we thank you so much for joining us today we're super excited for your conference we hope that lots of people sign up um it's the power of women.info is that correct where people can find it Great. And yeah, and connect with you and, you know, engage in the content and create their own content around it too, because just using our voices make all the difference in the world. So Shanali, thank you so much. Best of luck. Hope it all goes smoothly. I know it will. You've got a lot of um, great things going and we just can't wait. Keep us uh, posted on the documentary. Um, that's really exciting. Coming forward, we're going to have bigger things coming out of everything that you're doing. So go ahead, Queen Bee. I'm going to, I'm going to title you Queen Bee <laughs> for this movement. And um, you're bringing incredible people to the table. So thank you very, very much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Laura and Ricky, for having me. This was so beautiful. I mean, to see two powerful women, two queens, you know, we're bringing all the queens together. And we're bringing all the kings together. So if you're a queen or a king, come and join us. And you two queens are amazing for putting this together and having me. I'm so honored. Thank you so much. It was really fun talking to both of you. It really was fun, Shanali. Really fun. And we just wish you all the best for the conference. I know it's going to be a huge success. And just keep doing you because the world needs you, lady. Oh, thank you. We got we got each other. We I'm got here. it. We are all here together. We got each other and we got this. We got this. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Lauren Vicky from 241. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.